Welcome to the 14th episode, Season 3, Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. The humble one himself. Today we have a panel of three. Myself, and from Detroit, Michigan, Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, though? What up, though? How you living? What? What? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That was a reflex. And of course, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, by way of New Jersey, Mr. Robert Brooks. Just, just so you all know, I wrote a thousand times on the blackboard between shows. I will not smoke up before the podcast. I, I will not smoke up before the podcast. Well, that's not going to be as much fun. And I, won't be, I won't be silent like last week. <laughs> well, nobody really heard. They're just catching up to last week's episode now due to a podcast hosting um, snafu. But hopefully we'll be changing that in the future. No more hosting snafus. But um, Rob, it was a, a good word. But is it really? Yeah. Mean what do you think it means? What do you think? Well, is that an acronym yeah. for something? Can you think of something yes, off it of is. what? What do you think? What is it an acronym for? Do you know? Situation normal, all effed up. Really? Situation normal, all effed up. Yeah. Damn. I got to tell you, Mr. Brooks, I have a rule in life that I try to learn something new every day. And it was getting kind of late today. But now you fulfilled that requirement, and I appreciate it. <laughs> glad, glad I could help you out, brother, and, and let you go through learning today with the least effort possible. Yes, yes, yes. That was I was an easy one. Situation normal all fucked up. You wow. know, if you would all... That is awesome. If you would all get to learn as easily as I do, surround yourself with quality people who know things... And who have learned things. So that way you don't have to read it yourself. You can just let them tell you. Trust the internet. Everything is true on the internet. So fellas, today, what's good? It's one of our favorite days. I think it's a new holiday today. And it's so sad that Gene isn't here right now. It is now officially... What holiday is it? National Insurrection Day. Yes, that's right. It's National Insurrection Day. Nice. Because as we record this right now on my screen, there is the beginning of the trials. And I just wonder how many people are not even going to ever watch this trial, not one single damn second, because it's a lie. (laughs) It's a lie. Do you think that there's going to be any new revelations that we're going to find out from this uh, National Insurrection Day trial that's beginning today, June 9th, forever famous day? I know, before you start with that, it's also my sister's birthday. Love you, sis. Big shout out. Happy birthday. Age. So now I have 9-11 and she has National Insurrection Day. So, what were you going to say, Grit? Uh, I was going to say I don't think anybody really gives a damn. So, no. I don't I don't think this is going to be anything. 
Nobody's going to learn how entrenched the Republicans are and how adept they are at turning a blind eye to shit they don't want to see. Because you're about to hear the biggest collection of, oh, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. Oh, that's nothing. We we do that every day. Well, what is a big deal then? Bullshit going on. If this isn't a big deal, what is a big deal? What is a big deal? A black guy passing a counterfeit 20 or or selling some Lucy's. That's mm, a big deal. Mm. Official. That qualifies as a high crime for them. Damn, Brooks. Storming the Capitol, trying to block a, a, an election. It's just a, it was just a gathering. My dude, right. you're pressing themselves. My dude, you're batting a thousand so He's far. We might have to stay away from you. Maybe you should go smoke something. Because you are so you are so accurate today. You're accurate. I don't know if I can take a whole hour of this, Rob. You just dropping bombs. Really? Just dropping bombs, truth bombs all over the place. You're one you're two for two already. Snafu. And now this. <laughs> I was sitting. There's plenty of time in the hour still, so it'll get worse. I grade. I personally wasn't looking forward to it. I didn't even know it was happening. It's one of those things where I don't really watch the TV during the day. It's on and it's noise, and you turn it on. It gives you the selections, and you see CNN trial coming up, and everything. And I thought it was like it was great. It's like extra, extra, extra entertainment because we love the insurrectionists here on Born in Trouble. They have been the butt of many, many of our jokes. They keep the show interesting. And I'm expecting some great footage. But not forget the ass chaps. Yeah, not the you know, listen. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is over, so now we get the insurrectionist. You gotta marvel at the timing yeah, of that. What, what did he get? Who, uh Johnny Depp? Johnny, Johnny Depp get? Yeah. Embarrassed. <laughs> His life <laughs> dragged. <laughs> Apparently, winning was more important than getting dragged. Yeah. He, he put himself through it. He could have just let that go away. I'll tell you what. You said he got 50 mil? No, it was 15. The award. Oh, 15. Yeah. yeah. 15. And I think he owes her three or two. I forget that. Or he owes her two. You know. That was a bold move on his part to even, like, take her to court in the first place. That's a man who would wear shaman ass chaps. I can see him in them. And if you got Johnny Depp to be the face or the butt of shaman ass chaps, probably go right through the window. Just right through the roof, bro. Through the roof. Push. This is going a whole other direction. Push. And I'm not. I'm not sure if the world is ready for Jack Sparrow and Ash Chaps. I just don't think that's. I think that's where we're going. You know, somehow, Rob. Be, I think yeah, there'll be too I, large a revolt. I he wasn't that. Jack Sparrow anymore. He's no. always going to be Jack Sparrow. Knowing Johnny Depp, Depp, I probably imagine that someone's probably already seen him wearing a version of Shaman Ash Chaps somewhere. France. What about Edward Scissorhands in, in Ash Chaps? Mm. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see right, that. Like a crane. Yeah, those are both very pale characters. So, you know, <laughs> the question is, how do you prepare your asses? Do you, I mean, listen, 
Women go to women go to um women and men go to beaches just to tan their butt cheeks. Edward Scissorhand butt cheeks. Quite honestly, I should be one of them. You, you should be one of them. My new really? tan. My I'm, my my ass is glowing. Like I'm all like <laughs> Cuban dark up top, and then you get down to the midsection, and it's a glaring white. Like it's see, it's, it's a thing. Like it could stop yeah. traffic. This yeah, is contrast is real. This is yeah. the. This is the part of the show where everybody is very happy that we don't do video. Because then you might... Yeah, because nobody needs to see my tan lines. Nobody needs to see that. Maybe the future Mrs. Brooks. Oh, yeah, you got you got the farmer tan going on. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. I was out at, the, uh, out at the Grand Prix all weekend. All right. Well, we black so people... White as hell up, white as hell up top. Tan. We're black people. Yeah, we're, white as hell up top. We're all different types of shades all over the place. And that's a good thing. Viva la difference. Viva la difference. So it's Johnny Depp in France. So Biggie's album was voted the best of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. What do you think about that that hip-hop fans? True? That whole list was so fugazi, bruh. Was it? (laughs) That, That was a terrible... Terrible list. It was by Rolling Stone. I didn't see the list. I didn't see the list at all. I'll be honest. I just saw that Biggie was on top. You know, Rolling Stone ignored hip hop for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. They're the guys who should be voting on it. Like exactly. How they gonna know? Yeah, I mean, you know, they got to do what they they have to do what they have to do for their uh, their readers who are uh, you know fans of the music now. Or sometimes, or whatever. So, I mean, you know, they threw some names up there, but they didn't really. There, there was no. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know what the criteria was. I just like saw the list, and as I'm reading the list, it was just, it was terrible. What was number two? Do you remember? It's all over the place. Number no. two is Stanconia by Outcast. Mm. I'll have to, yeah, mm. I'll have to pull it up. Number three was Jay Z's The Blueprint. Mm. Number four, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Mm, Number get five, Kendrick, the pimp a butterfly. Number six, Kanye, my dark, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm. Missy Elliott, Miss E, so addictive. Number eight, Enter the Wu Tang, Thirty Six Chambers. Number nine, The Low End Theory, by a tribe. And number ten, The Miseducation of Laurel Hill, Lauren Hill. Mm. Yeah, that 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 list has got issues. It don't it don't scream hip hop. Screams pop. It screams Rolling Stone though. It screams Rolling Stone. Yeah, I, I, on that whole list, Big is like probably the Big and Jay Z. I guess you can give Jay Z somewhere. I don't know if he would rank as high as like three with the blueprint. Blueprint though. Yeah, that's not the album. Like a lot of these, right. like that's not the blueprint. Isn't the album? Like, right. if you're gonna put Kanye on there, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy isn't the album. Okay. So, what do you think? It's based I'm not more even sure if the low end theory should be the album to represent the tribe. The tribe, right? So, what do you think? It's more based upon sales. They just went through old charts and decided that this album was doper than that album. You know, how do they do that? I don't know because some of these albums didn't sell. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at the top twenty, and some of these albums 
you know, the clips, my, Lord willing. I don't know if that's old. Uh, my guess would be that they went through some old articles of Rolling Stone and said, hey, we mentioned this hip hop album on such and such day. So let's put that on the list. And then they just kind of ranked them. Payton Full is number 15 by Eric B. and Rakim. Uh, right behind it is Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy. Really? Right. How, how does that happen? Yeah. yeah. All okay. right. I've heard enough. When you think about yeah. it, in ter- <laughs> it, it sounds like it's like based upon like record sales. And if it's based upon record sales, that's popularity. But does that really say anything about the quality of music? And being that it's um, LGBTQ Pride Month... Let's talk about that other guy. What's his name? I always forget his name. Little Nas X. And he's got an X in his name. Your people. Yeah. I guess, because he got the X in the name. Yeah, I guess. He got the X in his name, yeah. He's upset because he wasn't he wasn't um given a nomination for a BET award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you think he's whack? Do you I think whack? Like crying? Yeah. Sit your sit your monkey ass down, bro. Well, do you think he has a point though? Is it because because we just had this conversation? See, here's the thing about about the music. There's music, and then there's the music business. And some people can say that um, they like his albums, but like really. In 10 years, are y'all going to be bumping that album? How many artists are you bumping from 10 years ago? It's subjective. That's the whole thing. So when, you, when you're having a, an award show like this, I mean, someone has to choose. Okay. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Is someone has to choose. However many people are on the panel, they decide what albums are going to be selected. If your shit ain't selected, it just ain't. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you could cry, but... I mean, that ain't going to get it on the list. You know, and you can say that it's because of whatever. You can say that it's because you're gay. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case in this one. No. You know. Why not? No, so, I mean, you know, because I, I really don't know. Like, here's the thing. So, you know, cards on the table, 15, 52-year-old dude. My daughter's out the house, so I don't listen to nearly as much current music as I used to. Like, when I was driving her everywhere. I let her control the radio so I could stay current on what was what people were listening right. to. Like the couple cuts that I've heard from Little Nas X, they're all right, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't banging like that for me. So, you know, it's hard for me to say, is it because he's gay? Like, I don't, the gayness had nothing to do with it for me. Like, he can grind on the devil all he wants. <laughs> you know? that's, that's personal choice, you know. People in hell have more fun, supposedly. Like, <laughs> but you're not sir you so here's, here's my question here's like, my but question. I, I can't judge it like that do they release a is sure. there like a criteria when there's a when there's an award show or a list or whatever that's being generated do they name a criteria for how they are judging and therefore ranking whatever it is or picking what no have they ever because like no, but I'm saying so. So it's kind of it's hard to have a a real list, you know what I mean, without some parameters for it. If you're talking about lyrics, you know, I'm just kind of sticking with hip hop. If you're talking about lyrics, 
your list is going to be different than if you're talking about record sales. Right. That's true. You know, if, you, if you're talking about influence on the culture, that's going to generate a totally different list. Mm. True. So I just wonder, how, how do you know what the criteria is for anybody's list? I mean, I've seen them do these lists on BT, MTV, various magazines, source, whatever, whatever. And I mean, to me, it's all, all the lists are just kind of, you know, they, I mean, they have some good points. They have some valid arguments, but there's some things that are just missed. I have to go along with both of y'all on that. I don't really pay attention so much to a lot of the new upcoming artists right now, because a lot of the music to me, it sounds repetitive in the same. It's the same. It's a different artist with the same rhythms and beats and tracks for the last like 20 years. They just change up little things and then they put a, another pretty face in front of it. And that's the thing that's popular at that point in time, and then it goes. You're not getting any groundbreaking music. Like, James Brown ain't coming out the fucking corner. Ain't coming around the corner right now. And how does he even do that? How does he put together a 12-piece a band to travel right now? Where is he going to find a trumpet player? Nobody, you know, nobody it's, plays instruments anymore. Nobody plays instruments. So the music is completely different. So now... It makes you wonder, what is the criteria? And the criteria, we're talking about the music business. Radio stations, like, Rob, your dad was a DJ, right? Mm-hmm. You know a lot of people in the business. You know a lot of people, you know, WBLS yeah. and New York City and all that other stuff and everything. And payola was a thing in the payola music business. Payola was real. Payola right. was real. As, as Don Imus likes to say, how else could Billy Don't Be a Hero be a hit? Ugh. <laughs> Because somebody mm. spread some cash around. That's right. So, I mean, in the modern day, payola still exists in a different way. I'm not going to, I don't want to indict anybody because I actually, like, got to move around a couple of different people and labels and grant you, you two. And, Rob, you're, in the, you're still in radio, too. You started out in radio for a long time. Yeah, and payola just exists in a different form now. It does. Instead of the program director getting it, the advertising department gets it. Right. So who's to say that that maybe... You buy buy time on the station, you get your records played. You don't buy time, you don't get your records played. Right. That's simple. So who's to say that maybe, like, maybe the group that represents him, his record label group, didn't just want to write the check and felt like they just should get the offer? And all things considered, when you listen to the when you listen to music and music all being pretty much the same, sales are driven by people that back your music. And Little Nas X has a large group of people that will, if he puts out "Booty Boot" over a not, it's gonna go platinum right now. They're gonna he's got a group of people that are gonna support. What does that even mean now? When people get pieces of a penny per stream. What does platinum even mean anymore? Right. Like the music, the money in the music business now all comes from touring and from placement. Right. right. From getting your songs into commercials and movies and whatever. There's no money to be made from record sales anymore. They've turned it into well, a job. That's kind of always been the case, though. That's the truth. Well, that's kind of always been the case. It's just and, now. It, it's, but it's it's way worse now. It's, than, it's worse. Yeah, it's, like, it's worse now. In, in the old days when people were, people were getting, you know, 10 and 15 cents an album. Which, when you look at that overall, you're like, wow, that's really, that person did all the work. Right. And they're getting 10, 15 cents. Because I remember when Janet Jackson did her deal at Virgin, 
and it, she was getting a buck an album. And everybody was like, whoa, that's tremendous. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that album that I bought for eleven ninety nine, she's only going to get one of that. <laughs> uh, but now you buy somebody's album on iTunes or whatever, and they're getting pennies. Right. Like pieces of a penny. Right. Pieces of a penny. Sale. Not pennies. Yeah. Pieces of a penny. Why would that you? Was the whole so, for the uh, one. Oh, that was one of the whole depths for the new Black Star album. Most Def and uh, Talib. Mm-hmm. Most Def was on. Uh, Most Def was on somebody's podcast. I can't remember, but he was talking about that very thing. How streaming, like, there's no money for him in streaming. So why the fuck would I put all my heart and soul into this music and then get nothing for it? Like that's mm-hmm. that's just dumb. Right. So they waited. Cause this, I guess, this album was supposed to come out maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and now it's finally. Uh, I heard it's getting close to fruition, so hopefully, hands crossed. Uh, Yasleen Bay, I need that. I need that. Uh, I need those hits, Brad. Yeah, definitely. I saw an, an article with T, uh, an interview with T Pain, and he was saying in the last year he made more money playing video games on Twitch against people than he did from selling records. Wow. Well, you look at the business. Like T Pain's an interesting dude. Yeah, you look at the um, market and the way that it is right now, and like you said, Grant, it always was going in the direction of the record labels anyway. And now streaming, you can't make any money whatsoever. It makes you wonder about all the rappers that are out here claiming to make all this money and driving these cars and stuff, and I don't see where the money is coming from. And it's so, and it's like, and the rap game is like, whew. is Little Nas X a rapper per se? Nah, he's not playing those venues. He's not playing those hungry, hungry venues. And you know what I'm talking about. He's not yeah. playing those like there's, those tight spots. But it, there's levels to it, though. You know what I mean? There's, you know, places where MOP came from, and then there's. You know, maybe somebody like Vanilla Ice didn't come from, and I'm not choosing Vanilla Ice because he's a white boy. I'm just saying he's a pop, pop kind of MC. Right. Somebody like him didn't probably come up in the same kind of underground thing that MOP came up in. You know the, what I mean? The Chitlin Circuit. So there's probably right. So even for Little Nas X, I mean, I, I don't know if he considers himself to be hip hop or not, but if he does, I mean, hip hop is everything nowadays. Hip hop is the most popular form of music, so everyone is hip hop to some extent. So if not, if Little Nas X considers himself to be hip hop, then I mean, so be it. But again, I, I just don't know like what his underground kind of come up story would have been. You know what I mean? Like, what mm-hmm. venues was he playing? None really. But that's the thing. A lot of them don't play any venues anymore because they do. Right. They go straight to YouTube. Yeah. Everything you know, is or at SoundCloud. And none of them have a stage presence anymore. None of them, none of them know how to work a crowd. None of them mm. have ever like held the mic and looked at somebody across the way from them and be like, "Oh, I'm bombing right now. Like, I need to come up with some right. some hot shit now because mm-hmm. I'm losing the crowd." Mm-hmm. Like, that's not that's not any part of the routine anymore. So, and what these kids are doing is strictly, you know, for commercial. It's not very few of them doing it for love of the game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Like absolutely. they all think this is a a way to, to get rich. And I saw a, a meme online the other day and it said, um, young men, just cause you bad at school doesn't mean you're meant to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, Ain't that right. The truth. I think like, Oh, school's not 
for me. Then they go and they, you know, they immediately think they're supposed to be rapping and shit. Like, no, 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 no. Oh. Well, the music, well, yeah. carpentry, that might be you. Well, the style of rap right now, it doesn't really require you to do too much rapping per se. You're not really, they're not right. like, like I saw, I watched when Rock him. I don't know what it was. He got a lifetime award somewhere and he had that speech and he was like, yo, he was like, if you, I always tell young rappers, if you know how to write a short story, then you know how to write a rap. Because basically you're writing a you're writing a story in a verse, so you have to be poetical with your shit. You gotta be, you've gotta be, you've gotta be tight with your words and your approach. This approach is like it's a different type of approach. I I've heard some rappers like now, and they use the same. They use like the new styles and they tell a story, and I I look at those people as being like suppressed rappers because they're caught in the style. They're forced to rap in this technique because they don't know anything better. So we're having this conversation about the art of spitting right now. And cats ain't really up on that shit. They're not trying to feel that whatsoever. That conversation, anything. And it's crazy. So does Little Nas X have a point? And we've talked for about 10 minutes about it. And we can't come to we can't really figure out if he does musically because that's what oh, we're talking the, about the, music. The the audience is so like Kendrick's got an album out, and I'm still trying to digest it, but it's clearly an adult hip hop record. Like, okay. he's talking about some things that people do not talk about on Wax, and he's getting he's getting some smoke for that. And I'm like, don't we ever get to grow up? Yeah. That's part of the thing. Like, you know, we let Aerosmith grow up and become old rock and rollers. Like, can we get some old hip hop artists and shit? So we get some dudes who, who can spill. They they can spit. They nice. So let them keep going. Let them keep doing their thing. And if they want to talk about shit that's more relevant to them, well, God bless them. Because mm-hmm. you can't talk about this. If you're talking about the same shit that you was talking about when you was eighteen or twenty, you have wasted a hell of a lot of years. Well, Grant, you got some experience working yeah. with labels. Do you think that that's, there's a marketable approach for what Rob just asked, just well, described? The, the issue is that there is no, from my vantage point, there's nowhere to, there's no one that's going to play what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like, so, like Fonte. Fonte made an album a couple years ago that was on some grown man shit. I mean, he talked about diabetes and cancer, and all, like, all, just all types of shit. But there was no, there's no audience, no no commercial audience for that. So there's no opportunity for commercial success. I mean, yeah, he, you know, I mean, heads that know, they got it. But on the commercial side of the game, when you're really talking about some exposure and being in print, being on TV shows and that kind of thing, you're not going to get that. Hip-hop is viewed as a young man's game mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's always viewed as a young man's game. The only person that transcended any of this is Jay-Z. Jay-Z was hot for damn 20 years. Like, every time he came out, he was hot. And he reinvented himself. He had to eventually dumb it down because the the listening audience just became less intellectual. So they didn't want to hear, you know, they didn't want to hear him spitting rhymes like reasonable doubt right you know what i mean they wanted to hear him spitting rhymes like 
more along the lines of Migos. Right. And not to, you know, try to violate Migos or nothing, but they wanted him to spit kind of in line with what the current status is. Don't rock the boat. And that's what he did. Don't rock the boat. If you're not, if you're not going to talk about, if you um, are going to talk about anything, then talk about what's going on at the club or before we get there or how much we're shining. But Jay-Z is a great wordsmith. You got to give him his props because he oh, even finds he finds ways to like stay relevant and on point at the same time, um, allowing them to get what they want. You know what I'm saying? The man's a, he's a craftsman. You know what I'm saying? He's a skilled. I always look at Jay-Z, when I look at him, I see him as like being like a workman type rapper. He brings his hammer. You know what I'm saying? He brings his tool set. And whatever it is, whatever the tool is for the job, he's going to get it done. But marketing today, it's like, you got all these dudes, like we've talked about it on the show, you've got over 100 rappers, 1,000 rappers that are killed every year in this trap scene. And the only way that they can actually make money is to go out and do shows, which is another word of saying exposing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is it? Um, Like like I said, man, I mean, it's... If that's the if that's the life that you choose to live, it just comes with certain things. You know what I mean? Whatever the life is. I mean, I don't know why the trap artists are getting murdered at phenomenal rates. But I also don't know why black men are being stopped by the police and murdered at phenomenal rates. Yeah. So, you know, you sort of endanger no matter what you do. Yeah. It's just crazy that becoming that being an artist, which is what rap really started out with, was the art. And there's a couple of things I wanted to cover as Rob was talking about, and as you were talking about all these great rap artists that nobody's really heard of. And I know nobody knows obscure rappers like you do, Grant, because you listen to everything. No, yeah, yeah. You're like you're like to rap to obscure rap. What Rob is to jazz music. Rob knows his jazz artist. You know your underground rap artist. Both of y'all. Or have you listened to some shit that never heard? Digging in the crates and everything, straight up. Yeah. But um yeah. Beautiful thing. But when you think yeah, about I mean I I love this shit though. Yeah. It's in your blood. You break it down. We're talking about the musical awards here. And you talk about obscure artists. Should some of those cats be up for awards based upon their art? We've seen the Academy Awards nominate movies that nobody fucking heard of and win. Right. And and they've won, like, the best award for the year. They still didn't get their but, success. But the Academy, is all, the Academy is all people who are involved in the industry. The Academy, um, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, are all people who are working and producing, directing acting in films so it's people looking around and saying people who do it looking around and saying you know what that's worthy of recognition right there Mm. whereas you get something like the bt awards i looked it up quickly it's basically a fan vote Mm. you know there's a little quiz that they give you and if you sort of are up on bet bt's current culture then you can be a you can be a voter for the bet awards that's a popularity contest that that has nothing to do with art that's just about popularity Mm. Unless people start looking at it that way. 
And that's the Grammys is also supposed to be, you know, once again, it's people who are in the music business, right. producing, creating, looking around and saying, well, that's something that's worthy of recognition. A lot of these award shows, people's choice, whatever, ain't got nothing to do with art. All popularity contests. Right. He's trying to sell commercials. Hmm. But everybody, well, everybody wants to be recognized. That's why people participate in it. So, I mean, in, in back, just kind of circling back to Little Nas X. I mean, Little Nas X's post has some change, right? I mean, if, if you got some change, make your own shit, bro. Make your mm. own war show. Mm. Put a production on you and you know, put some of your homies together. Make your own awards. Well, crying about somebody else's shit. Well, you know, now I'm going to leave that one alone because I had one that would be, I had a take that would probably <laughs> edit. I, I would have, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to hold See, back that's on the that one. one thing about Exum, assless chaps are never that far away. <laughs> oh, that's correct. That's correct. Like it's always right at the tip of his tongue. I have to, I have to watch it because I will definitely pull out the butt cheeks. Greased up, but warm from the chaps. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that's my fault. That one's on me. Right. I should never yeah. said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but warm that's from the chaps. I'm sorry. Yes, man. Well, you did that. You did do that. You know, I, you know. When I saw Biggie's name though on the top of that list, though, I know I told both of y'all the story before. And probably like I know Rob, you probably heard it close about the day that we went out to the in store in Jamaica, and Craig ended up getting arrested, and we were at we ended up at Central Booking, and me and Biggie were stuck with each other for like two hours straight, and we ended up, as you would imagine, smoking a blunt on the side of Central Queen Central Booking. Thank you, fellas, for not coming out and walking around the corner. You would have had two more collars. But um, one of the things that we talked about that day was he was like, you know, he said, like, those people weren't there to see me. They were there to see Craig, which is crazy if you think about it, because Craig is like a footnote in that whole conversation now. Right. But, you know, yeah, it is. It's crazy. Um, They were there to see Craig because flavor. Everybody wants to hear Craig and his stuff and everything. I was like, big, not for nothing. You may not, because he was like, I don't have a single on it. He was talking about his own album. And he was like, I don't really have a single on the album. You know, I don't really have, like, anything like that. And I was like, yeah, but your fucking album is fucking dope. And, like, me and him, like, yeah, like, me and him at that point were kind of, like, standoffish until that day and everything. And even at, like, that moment or whatever or those moments, whatever, and I was like, yo, B, I said, just hearing him say that, I was like, nah, B, I was like, your shit is hot. You know what I'm saying? Your whole shit is hot. You got a whole fucking, like, 12, 14 tracks and everything, none of them a week. So I wouldn't say the same thing. But the problem is that nobody had really marketed an album like that by an artist successfully. That was just like, like 14 bangers and everything. And... Somehow, and I know how, it got done. Partially to how things go in the business. Your people at your label have to have your back and they've got to push you in the right ways as well. In the right directions. So, 
It may not all be on BET is my point from a business aspect. And then you talk about the musical aspect and the fan aspect. Do many people who watch like BET really think about little Nas X music all the time? I don't think they're really running out to get little Nas X. I'm not, you know, every time I turn on BET, it's a rerun of some Tyler Perry movie or something. So, I, like, right. do they even do music still on BET? Yeah. yeah that's, what? that's what's on the TV guy, but all I ever see on BET is a commercial. Commercials, movies. <laughs> right. Like, I, yeah. They've got more commercials I mean, on their shows than always they, a commercial on BET. It's like, yo, brothers, it's like they need to. See, this is why we need equality in the United States of America. Because. If they paid the same amount of money for commercials on BET as they did on the other channels, we wouldn't have to watch so many goddamn commercials. They could make their budgets easier. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? You know what I'm saying? These are the things about equality that's that. BET. Huh? They just make up a recording. That, that 26 minute Martin episode <laughs> on BET is only about 20 minutes. Yeah. That's crazy. They speed it up and they add extra, add extra yeah. spots in it. Yeah. There's an extra six minutes of commercials, Joe. It's bad, man. In that 30 minutes. But, but that's what happens when you take a network that is essentially pointed at 12% of the population. Mm. You're, you're automatically excluding the larger part of the audience. So you either got to jack up the rates for the smaller audience or you go by the traditional cost per point. Now you got to figure out ways to get more ads in because you're not going to get as much for them because you're targeting a niche. Which kind of works out for corporate America because they get to give us more, they get to feed us more messages, more of those like negative images. Is that, is that real though? Is that, a, is that real? Like, so if they, let's say they are targeting only 12% of the population. Mm-hmm. Is it not possible that they could still make what they need to make? Oh, it's absolutely possible that they can make what they need to make by targeting a very small segment of the audience. But there's corporate ownership. Right. It's undervalued. By CBS, Viacom. Right. Yeah, I get get it. There's always money that has to be kicked up. So it's unfortunately with corporations, it's never enough because you always have to grow shareholder value. So So basically it's the regional, it's the kind of concentration of labels. Just yeah. like the, just like radio stations, like everybody's clear channel, Radio One. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like radio used to be more regional than it is now. Now oh, yeah. everybody plays the same fucking twenty-two songs. Well, everybody if... plays the same twenty-two songs. Most city, most major cities, you have the same five hosts. Right. There's no reason to turn it on anymore. Like it used to exactly. be, you had a guy in your town. He was entertaining. He was doing it differently. Now, if you listen to Q102, or if you listen to R&B station, you all got Steve Harvey. Right, you know, in the morning, you all got DL Hughley in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to to like a Q102, like a pop station, you're all getting the guy from New York in the morning. Uh, right. the guy who's on Z100 New York. You're all getting the guy. You're all getting Seacrest in the afternoon. Like, there's no reason to turn on your local radio station. Yeah, it's right. all very, it's all very pat. It's all very pat and put together and compacted. Well. It's it's what you call it. You know, that's what happens when you allow consolidation. So when one company owns 800 radio stations, you're going to get a lot of the same stuff. Right. Why? Because it's economy of scale. You know, once upon a time, Rush Limbaugh was on 1100 stations. Right. That means that at that point, there were 
1,099 people out of work. Mm. Those are all people who, some of those people might have become good talk show hosts. Some of them might have grown and become entertaining and developed a style. There's no breeding ground for radio hosts anymore. And some so of them go and learn the craft and they get good. And some of them would have went back to college for economics. Some of them would have gone back to college or, yeah, right. some would have gone and, and washed out. See with that, you know, yeah. There's no, there's no training place anymore. Right. There's no, there's no training place for rappers. There's no training place for musicians. There's no training place for um, DJs, and you know, there's no clubs. You can't go out. And all the things that they teach you is that everything is dangerous. I'm watching all these shootings, and I'm thinking to a certain extent that they don't. That one of the reasons why they want everyone to have guns and they want all these shootings to occur is because they don't want you outside. And they don't want you mingling together. And they definitely don't want you mingling together in social settings. Because I don't care how much money you make or where you live, this is going to limit your interactions, social interactions. Because it possibly could happen. It could possibly happen. What do you think about the? they don't even want to put the gun laws up to 21 to buy a firearm at this point? That's a hard no. <laughs> right. It's a hard when, when no. Did it, when, did it, when did a well-regulated militia become everybody has a gun with zero training? Like, what, I'm not really sure how that language became that. But, you know, that's what happens when you put money in the equation. Everybody turns a blind eye. There's mass shootings everywhere. It's literally like it's literally like rolling the dice in certain parts of the country. Waiting for it to explode. Waiting for something to happen. Oh. Philadelphia is... A Philadelphia. You know, the number of shootings in Philadelphia right now on a daily basis, we get multiple people shot almost every day in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, you said that like, last week. and every, then I saw... Every week, it's more, than, it's more than seven people who are shot every week in Philadelphia. What was that place we go and hang out in, in um, Philadelphia? They had all the shootings last weekend. That street. Oh, South Street. South Street. South Street, yeah. It's like every week in Philly. That's crazy. Detroit used you know, to be. I, I don't really like the way that that was covered because they're like, oh, it was another mass shooting. That wasn't quite the same as some of these other mass shootings. This was a beef where the people who were involved with it happened to have weapons that could discharge a lot of bullets. So oh. you have a fist fight. I believe one of the guys who involved was involved was actually a trained fighter, mm-hmm. gets involved, other people get involved, now bullets start flying. That's very different than the kid who wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to drive over to the elementary school today and just start taking out kids. Oh, okay, that was, that was a big fight. But they're selling it as the same thing. Mm. Yeah, it was just a big fight. Right, but yeah. People had guns. Right. And so they, it got out of hand. Statistically, they consider a mass shooting. A, a, it's just a mass shooting. If it, you know what I mean. If it's more than like four people, I think, then it's a mass shooting. They don't. They don't really quantify or they don't really quantify it like that. Yeah. So America, all you have to that. do is keep it under two. Right. <laughs> yeah. Keep it under two, and it's 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 an easy day. I'm sorry. I, ha- yeah, I have. So they, check this out. I, I have to laugh at the crazy. I'm sorry. It's crazy. They had, a, they had a story. They had a story on the news. 13-year-old kid, they sent him to a liquor store to try to buy liquor. Of course, he got turned away. They sent him to buy cigarettes. He got turned away. Sent him to buy, like, uh, Playboy magazines or whatever. He got turned away. 
but then they took him to a gun show 13 years old and he was able to buy an AR-15. Mm. Like just walk in, put the money down and buy the AR-15. So this is why you have what you have. But it's easier to get a gun than it is to get a nudie magazine. Mm. That makes no sense. None. I mean. None. And, you know, you had the gun gun show, man. It's a free-for-all. It's not going backwards, though. It's not going back. So it's just very sick, man. Yeah. Culture is very sick, man. So it's just a matter of what's it gonna be, what's it going to become? How are people going to deal with a armed population? You know, it's funny they had that guy who went to go kill Brett Kavanaugh the other day. He like flew in, and then he stopped and he saw the Secret Service in front of his house, and he called and he turned himself in. But the interesting thing is, he's a Democrat. You don't really hear. He's a liberal. You don't really hear people like talking about the fact that this liberal dude decided he was going to go and shoot up a justice because it's a liberal. And there's a lot about that story that doesn't track. Such as? Well, so let's just say that you get it in your mind that you're going to you're going to do somebody ill. You're going to go and shoot a Supreme Court justice, and you roll up and you see, oh, shit, the Secret Service are out there. Man, fuck it. I'm just going to turn myself in. Like, you turn around and go home. (laughs) You're like, oh, shit. My friend was right. That really was a bad idea. And then you go home and you tell him what an awful idea it was. The fact that he said, oh, shit, there's the Secret Service. Here, I was going to do something crazy. Y'all better take me away. That shit don't pass the smell test. He wants the he, bullshit in there. He wants the publicity. Maybe like you're gonna see more of this stuff. This is like a threat to him for Roe versus Wade. Sacrificial lamb. He goes out there, he says, you know what? If you do actually go ahead and overturn Roe versus Wade, then you can expect this to happen more often. This is what you can expect from us. You won't be able to sleep. You won't be able to rest. You must be fully guarded at all times because the crazy, loony, liberal left is going to possibly kill you. They're all the same people. It's all the same people. True. And a lot of times the left and the right are the same. just depends on the situation you catch them in. Yeah. All the same people. I was thinking about this going back to the theme of the night for me. It's National Insurrection Day. Oh, I was, I was wondering what the theme was. It's Natural Insurrection Day. And we're talking about okay. all things Americana today. Listen, hip hop is American. I have to put up a wall board here and keep like those concepts on the wall here so I can refer back to it. Listen, <laughs> if, you, if you're a young gentleman, if you're a young Caucasian gentleman in the United States of America, and you're thinking about going out and getting in a rumble or a tough and grumble, fight it out, do something mean and evil. Are you listening to country? Or are you listening to 50 Cent? It's American, like storming the Capitol. Storming the Capitol is an American thing to do for some people. 
Clearly. That's what they say. If you're not doing anything on a June 9th and you lose an election, you go storm the Capitol. It's the only natural thing to do. What else are you going to do? Right? So... It's National I, Insurrection I Day. a better candidate or something like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to bring that guy back. Same guy. Same guy. 2024, homie. 2024. He thought like this. And he might even he not be able to get his hands out to pinch all the booties that he had done in the previous, in his previous administration. Who knows? But they're going to run him back again, but... Going back to... Melania should divorce him if he goes back. If he runs again, she should divorce him. She had zero fun in the White House. She hated that whole experience. She should just divorce him if he, if he says he's going back. Well, She hates him. Yes, she does. Well, you know, but I've heard... She likes the money. I've heard all this stuff about right. she hates this, she hates that. And we've all seen the pictures of her when she was young, posing with, like, you know, no clothes. We've all seen her body naked and everything. But I had a really interesting thought. She probably doesn't like Trump. But she also probably doesn't like much of anything. Because when have you ever seen her smile? True. She's Czechoslovakian. Joy is not a promised thing. It's not promised. She probably just doesn't like anything. That's my point. She probably don't like anything. I've had a couple Czech pilsners. Like, I'm thinking if you get if you get a nice Czechoslovakian pilsner, you're probably smiling. You're probably happy. Like they got some natural resources in that country. Yeah. Like there's probably more joy than you think. But it's really hard to be joyous when you're married to that gas bag. Listen, she's like, just every once in a while. Every once in a while, you you realize the deal that you made. And you you right. sitting there the rest of your life going, what the fuck was I thinking? See, but that's the point. That little bit of bile in your throat. But that's the point. Yeah. The deal that you made, and she makes deals. She there's always some unhappiness that comes with her deals. She's used to it. She's used to being unhappy. Come on. Clearly, clearly. I don't know about that. You know. There was a rumor about the security guy at Tiffany's around the corner. Bet you he brought some joy to the picture. Mm. Well, listen. At least he got some. No, I can't tell. I I was going to tell a story myself, but I'm not going to tell that story. That's See, you're batting a thousand, and so am I, with stories that are inappropriate that I shouldn't (laughs) say. We're both batting a thousand. Well, the fortunate thing is that I don't think we're very, very big in the Czechs in the Slovak community, so we don't have to worry about them picketing us. Never know, Sean. Because Joy said that they're because Exum said that they're joyless. Well, you know, listen, man. We are everybody. Every now and then, people like to try a special treat. Sometimes I like popcorn. Sometimes I like potato chips. Go figure. See, this is the moment here. I'm going to do you a favor, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I listen, I've said nothing after that point. 
I was waiting for one of you guys to pick it up because I know I'm in yeah, dangerous no, territory it, right it now. Was, it was a salient point. The, what, the, the thing that I would, unfortunately, where my mind went, that's no, there's no need to go there. There's no need to go there. Listen, it's National Insurrection Day. You can go anywhere you want. You can go in the halls of Congress. You can wear your shaman ass chaps up on the podium, the same podium where Nancy Pelosi makes her speeches. You can do whatever you want to do on National Insurrection Day. But he's black, though. Oh, sorry. I, f- I forgot that point. Yeah. You can you can go anywhere you want if, if with it, a if, mob if of white was, guys. If that, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, that, if that same exact mob, those same numbers, except they were brown, that would have been the largest mass shooting in America. Right. <laughs> open fire and killed everybody. Right. Well, let's be honest. And that brings me back to why I wanted to bring it back to National Insurrection Day, because we can't just let... The brothers that were wearing the shaman ass chaps and their Levi shirts get all the credit because we know that even though there weren't many brothers there, there were Moors, Muslims, members of the National Black Rifle Association that were sitting there and were rooting for them as well. Take it all down. Take it all down, they were saying. Take it on down, they still say. Five percenters. Sorry. If I any other militant group out there that wanted that I missed, I'm sorry. I'd like to throw you in there next time. Send me an email. We'll talk about it. But they weren't the only ones that can celebrate National Insurrection Day. Proving the greatness of this country as it exists, that no matter what your race, you can still find some joy, even on Juneteenth. Oh, yeah, Juneteenth is coming up, too. Juneteenth is coming up. That's right. Go to Walmart and get your Juneteenth decorations for your Juneteenth barbecue. And your Juneteenth ice cream. Get your ice cream. Get it at Walmart. (laughs) Juneteenth ice cream. (laughs) Fellas, we're just about at an hour. And I'm going to cut it off. What is Juneteenth ice cream? Exactly. What, What does Juneteenth ice cream taste like? It better be chocolate. I know that much. Freedom? Exactly, exactly. Freedom is what it got to taste like. like But but what's freedom taste like? Good. It depends. If you grew up in Mississippi, it all depends on on where you grew up and what you grew up on. That's right. If you're, if you grew up in Mississippi, freedom probably tastes like white women. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clarence Thomas to Clarence Thomas to Clarence Thomas. (laughs) Freedom tastes like Mrs. Clarence Thomas. Right? You know. <laughs> to Tim Scott. To Tim Scott, freedom tastes like Kaylee McInerney. But if you're in okay. Chicago, what does freedom taste like? If you're in Chicago. Like some good blues. <laughs> Maybe some Corky's ribs. Mm, it definitely don't taste like deep dish pie. That's, it can't <laughs> taste like slave food. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no. Mm. So you leave it up to Rob to stump everybody. What does it taste like? What does freedom taste like in Chicago? Maybe some, maybe some good blue. Uh. Your collard green flavored ice cream? We need to get somebody is from Chicago. Is that what the Juneteenth ice cream is? We need to get somebody from Chicago up on the no, show. 
on down to Mississippi. He's like, he's like, uh, Chilean sea bass and risotto. Mm. Mm. Chilean sea bass and risotto. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. With the wilted Swiss, with the wilted Swiss yard. Wilted Swiss yard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> that's, that's what it, what freedom tastes like now. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I got like uh, there's this farm around here, and they do a, a a box each week, so you can get like fresh produce from straight off the farm. So I subscribed. Okay. Because right. okay. you know. Trying, trying to be healthier. Trying to do my part. Jamaican couple running this thing. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I had some beets. They sent me some beets this week, and I'd never prepared beets before. So I made uh, made some beet juice, like a beet smoothie with like beets, oranges, carrots, ginger, turmeric. But then you can eat the greens that come off it too. So I saw it looks right. just like red shard. So I mm-hmm. saw take that up with some mushrooms and some collard greens. Oh, nice. Opening up my universe. Oh, okay. Look at you. Look at you, man. See, and you know what the good thing about those vegan... They sent me some mint. It's a mint pesto. You know what the best thing about those vegan meals is, Rob? Nice. You could probably prepare those in your shaman ass chaps and never have to worry about burning or singeing anything. There's no danger. The fur won't catch on fire. Nothing. Nothing. Born in trouble. The amazing thing is that no matter no matter how many times it stops the showdown, he will always come back to Dominic. <laughs> Gene wasn't here to bring him up. I had to bring him up. Fourteenth episode from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Fresh off of his. I will not smoke before the show. Yes. I will not smoke before yes. the show. I will you... not smoke before the show. And if you and if you know where he just like emceed the commencement ceremonies for. It would make that statement so much more funny. Mr. Robert Brooks. Congratulations to the class of 2022. Yes. Holla. Yes. Yes. And of course, the owner of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some. Come get you some. I will not smoke before retirement. That's right. Smoke before retirement. And a man who has also tasted. Are you going to spend like the first 30 days? Like that was my retirement plan originally. But in the first 30 days that I was retired, I was going to get high every day. I wanted to see what these brothers have been, what it was all about, what the fuss was all about. It's too late now. So I only smoked like twice in life. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time I smoked, I was with uh, uh, Archie and Travis. Archie. When they was living, when they were living next door to me, right? So that's the, that's like the first time I smoked. I'm 20, 22 years old. So you know, fast forward. Now weed is a is a whole thing. You know, what I mean, they got flavors and all type of shit. You know, I, oh, I'm man. on here with you know tabs itself, right? Tabs, yeah, got shots. So now I'm like, I gotta get it. I gotta immerse myself in the culture, man. I'm hip hop. I'm hip hop, and I can't smoke. What? What the fuck, man? I, like, mm. how did that? How did that make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It really. It never did. It never did you make enjoy, sense. Did you enjoy How High by Red Man and Math? I I I enjoy oh, that man. movie immensely. Oh, the See that now, no, now, now we if we want to talk about movies that got snubbed but for Academy Awards, that's one we can talk about. That's something that's you know, seriously. No, it's a three B. It's a three B. It wasn't. It wasn't on Soul Plane status. It. It was but excellent. How high was a horrible movie? It was Laurel and Hardy. I mean, 
It was Laurel and Hardy. I'm still taking stuff out my box, mind you. I got all these like you know, yeah. I wanna be. I got samples for days, B. Like you can come in here and like if you drink the wrong thing in my house, you gonna be fucked up for real. Right. Stay away from my cabinets. Look, candy. Keep the kids away from this shit. The straight up candy. Just like candy. Just like candy. Delta 9 THC. Didn't they just have a whole thing about that? Didn't what? they just have a whole thing about some kids uh, getting, getting a hold to the uh, candy, like the gummy bears or whatever? Yeah. yeah. A, kid, a kid took some gummies into school and passed right. them out to his friends. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. But they should be more careful. Ah. Everything, everything that I have right here ah. can be sold everywhere in the United States of America. This shit is like some, this is like some straight up real bomb stuff. It's legal everywhere. So even the mixtures that are in them aren't as strong, but they get you. Mm. 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 God is good when it comes to that. So I'm just gonna, the sad thing is that I don't even have time to sample them stuff, that stuff. I never get anything done. So that's why I can pull so many out the box. Because I don't get to play with them. If I have to wait these eight years, weed is going to be played out again anyway. So and yeah. It will not be played out, trust me. No, it's not. It will not be played out. There's only, it, the stuff is only getting better and better. They have these things, like I have this formula right now. It's called balance. You take this. You can't get upset during the course of the day. You're just straight up, like, chill. It doesn't get you high. It doesn't get you crazy. It's just like, instead of you peaking up and getting mad... At different stuff, it just keeps you at the same chill level where you can think in your minds. They've got some great stuff. They've been hiding pharmaceuticals from all of us for like a long time. They've been hiding all of these plants right in front of your face that you can't, that you're not even allowed to grow in your house now. You can't grow them in your yard anymore. But this stuff is like right in front of your face and it's the best shit in, in the world. Cranum and all types of crap. So but that's the only thing that I'm really hopeful for in the future, you know, is that I'll be able to avoid taking all those medications. When I hear about people taking all those medications, especially the ones that are our age, I feel bad because, like, I'm not even close to getting right. on that prescription train yet. I don't even understand it. Yeah. I'm still trying to work out and shit like that. So God bless. Yeah, man. Now we're over time. I didn't get to tell my joke about... Occasionally, I like to... I like. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're over time now, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, occasionally, I like to watch, I like to go back and watch some of the old movies. Like, I get high first and then watch some of the old movies to see if they stand, they hold up. Mm-hmm. It's amazing right. how many of them are just terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Like, if you didn't watch them first when you were 15, it's just, like, Friday. And I know that'll get my black card taken away, but <laughs> like if you didn't see Friday when you were 15 or 20, the first time you see it is like when you're 48, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you this real quick. So the, the that time I got I have Archie and them, when I came home, I watched Uptown Saturday Night. Now, Uptown Saturday Night was already one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But I watched Uptown Saturday Night under the influence. Mm-hmm. And my man, <laughs> it was the most hilarious. <laughs> like I heard, I heard shit that I had never heard before. Like it was, it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, those series of movies, man. 
We didn't we didn't even talk about our man Bill who's we didn't even mention Bill cuz Bill always falls on hard times but you see that they have him out there again for another defense. He's on the defensive again and this time they said it's the Donkey Kong defense because the girl had said in the um deposition that she was in 1975 she had been in the arcade playing Donkey Kong when he came up to her. Well, no Donkey Kong in 1975. You won't 14. You was 19. Wow. At the Playboy Mansion doing what girls at the Playboy Mansion did. Sleep with older men and everything. And now it's a case. And under the influence of shit from Hugh Hefner. Exactly. So, but they got a lot of stuff with those cases. You know, I found out something. I don't know... Uh, I didn't want to necessarily... These... Nah, I'm not going to get into it. Guess what? Born in Trouble, we're done for the night. I'm not even going to tell my joke about Grant being successful in Detroit and the owner of a couple of different Amish women himself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to skip right over that joke and say thank you for listening to the 14th episode of Born in Trouble. See y'all next week. Peace.